0: Come on, give the Lord a shout. He's going to do it, amen. He's going to do it through your hands. He's going to do it through your feet. He's going to do it through your mouth. He's going to do it through you. Be seated for a few more minutes. Everybody good today? just want to share one or two more scriptures with you. And we can head for the hills of Alabama. That means get out of here. Slang for get out of here. I didn't know if you knew that. You learn something new every day. Welcome to my world. So, um, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 20. Matthew 16, 13 through 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, one of the prof- prophets. But what do you? What about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Look at the person next to you and ask them, who is Jesus To you. And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades or hell will not overcome it. Look at the person next to you and tell him, if you build your life on Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. And then he says this. He says, and I will give you keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Can I get an amen? Open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 24. And it says this, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it will not collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And so here Jesus. The head of the church, he loves you. He gave his life for you. Jesus has given us clear instruction in the Bible. And he says that if you want a life that will weather any storm, if you want to have a life that when the winds are done blowing and the rain has stopped pounding, if you want to be the one still standing at the end of storms. Jesus didn't say, when you accept me, that you no longer are prone to storms. He didn't say that because uh, you love me, I'm going to keep the storms away from you. No, he said when the storm comes, he was saying storms would come. But when the storms come, because your life is built on something unshakable, built on something solid, your life will still be standing when the storm is over. Can I get an amen? And it all, it's all on the foundation of who you believe Jesus is. Is He the Son of God? Is He a prophet? Is He some holy guy? Who do you believe He is? But when you get a revelation from the Father that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you become solid and you become unshakable. And the Bible says in the book of John chapter 1, let's go there. I don't want to quote it because I know I'll mess it up. John chapter 1. I'll paraphrase it and drop bombs on it. John chapter 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God and God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. And the Word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. I want to tell you that Jesus, God, and His Word are one. If you want to get to know God, the place that you're going to get to know God is by reading His Word. And Jesus said that if you will build your life on His teachings, on the things that He taught, you will have an unshakable life. Look at the person next to you and tell him, if your life is shaking, it's because it's on the wrong foundation. You know, there are doctrines in the Bible. Everybody say doctrines. It's a big word. It's a scary word, right? It's like indoctrination, right? Doctrines are basically beliefs or sets of beliefs that you hold and practice. Indoctrination is the process of teaching those beliefs and getting you to accept them. Can I get an amen? What are we doing in here? We're indoctrinating you. It's a cult. Yes, it's a culture We're growing you up in something that's going to be beneficial to your life. Can I get an amen? The world uses these words, and they're scary words. But, you know, the church can indoctrinate you. Political parties can indoctrinate you. Groups that are formed can indoctrinate you with ideology, with ideas, with thoughts that are not rooted and grounded in the Scriptures, in truth. Can I get an amen? And it's very, very important that your life is rooted and grounded in the truth of the Word of God. You see, the Word of God is eternal. The Word of God is God. This is a solid foundation that you can build your life upon. But there are crazy people in the world. You used to be one of them. I confess, I was one of them. There is some crazy stuff in the world. And every generation comes up with new trends and new ideas to separate themselves from a previous generation. And it gets worse, and it gets worse, and it gets worse. If your life does not have these principles, and you do not have God in your life, the Bible is the only book of morality that exists. If you don't have the Bible, you don't have the laws to live by. You've got no morals, and people don't want to live by these morals. They don't want to live by God's standards. They don't want to be held accountable to these standards because they don't want to know God. They don't want to live for God. They just want to live in the flesh. Can I get an amen? And they come up with crazy ideas, and they get followers, and they indoctrinate them and teach them things that are built on shaky sand foundations, and their lives will crash at the first sign of a storm blowing in. Can I get an amen? But we're a group of people that build our lives on what is solid and we are unshakable. You say, well, why is this important? Because the Bible says in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 27, on the sixth day, God created man in his image in His image, and in his likeness, and he created them both male and female. Is that what the Bible says? Well, if you don't know that truth, you're going to buy into one of the other 72 ag- genders that are happening in the world today. God created two genders. The world came up with another 72. I think there's now 80. It keeps climbing. That is is a very simple truth in the Bible. That if you don't teach your children, they will go around crazy friends in the world. And they'll come home believing that there's some other gender. That somehow their gender and their sex are disconnected. Somehow you can be born a man, but you can think you're a woman and it's okay. You can be born a woman and think you're a dog and it's okay. It is insane. These people need medication. Beyond that, they need deliverance from a deception. Can I get an amen? And family, I want to let you know today that it is important that the things that you believe, are founded in the Word of God, and they're built on truths. Can I get an amen? Because there has to be a group of people that are willing to stand on the truth and not budge from it. And if the church doesn't stand up, the world will continue to put pressure on us to conform to them instead of standing and believing God for the world to conform to the Word. And if the world doesn't want to accept the Word, that's fine. But we cannot allow the world to influence us and cause us to compromise. Yeah. yabba dabba do. This is important because if you're going to build your life on a firm foundation, it's a place where you have to make a decision that I'm going to stand on this and I will die for this. It's not up for debate. It's not the great suggestion. It's not a suggestion. These are commandments. If we're going to be followers of Jesus and we truly are trusting the Lord to help us escape from eternal separation from Him, we need to build our life on some right foundations. Can I get amen? And you might make it to heaven, but you'll live in hell on earth. And we want you to experience heaven on earth. Not only do we want you to experience heaven on earth, we want to see God use you to bring heaven to earth. Can I get an amen? And if you're in the fight and you haven't got these things settled on the inside of you, then there's no firm foundation in you. And how are you going to lead somebody else when you yourself are unstable? How are you, as a man, going to lead your family when you're unstable in your thinking? How are you, as a woman, going to build your household when you're unstable in your thinking? How are children going to submit to their parents when they're divided? And we have to make the decision that, as for me and my house, we're building our lives on the principles in the Word of God. And we stand on these principles. And the minute that compromise wants to start settling, we have to have a firewall. You have to have people that are willing to speak into your life and say, Ah, you're going off track. We need to prune that little shoot going the wrong way. Can I get an amen? And so it's important. Look at somebody and tell them it's important what you believe. Let me tell you some things about God really quickly. Look at the person next to you and tell him, when you understand who God is, you begin to understand who you are. Look at somebody else tell him, when you know who God is, when you get a glimpse of his nature, his character, and who he is, because you're made in his image, you begin to understand a little more clearly who you are. John 424 let's go there everybody good out there it will only be a few more minutes you need to hear this today John 4 chapter 21 this is Jesus talking to a Samaritan woman at the well and uh, let me go back here a little bit they get into a little bit of debate. Jesus asked this woman for some water from the well and um, yeah let's just read it. The woman was surprised for Jews, this is verse 9. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. You see, when you know that Jesus is the son of the living God, you can pray the Father and ask Jesus to give you living water. Say, the Holy Spirit. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestors, Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. He was talking about the well that was in front of him. But those who drink the water I will give them will never thirst again. It will become a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Now, let me say this to you. You can search the whole world. You can try everything that's out there. But nothing will fulfill you and nothing will satisfy you until you tap into living water. Can I get an amen? You'll search, you will think, you will look everywhere. But until you find living water, your life will not be fulfilled. You will remain thirsty. Can I get an amen? Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. (laughs) Taking it too far, lady. He said to her, go and get your husband. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you. had five husbands. And you're not married to the one you're living with right now. You certainly spoke the truth. You don't want to come around prophetic people, man. They, they'll hang your underwear out to dry right there. Jesus called this woman out, guys. Called her sin out right in front of her, to her face. Like, no problem. But he was kind. He did in love. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. <laughs> so she changes the subject. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is only the place of worship while we Samaritans claim that it's here in Mount Gershom, whatever that place is, where our ancestors worship? Isn't it funny that when people hit you in the spot that you don't want to talk about, you're going to change the subject really quickly? Yeah. Uh, And Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about Him, for salvation comes to the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed is here and now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father... Is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. Everybody say that. Say, God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Look at somebody and tell him, God is spirit. You see, here in this passage of scripture, when you discover that God is spirit, you discover, number one, that God is everywhere. Okay? This woman was having a struggle. She thought she had to go to a specific place to encounter God. You Jews are in the temple, but we're on the mountain. God is not confined to a specific location. God is spirit, and God is everywhere that you are. Can I get an amen? Look at somebody and say, God is everywhere. I might not be aware that He is, but He's everywhere. I don't need to be in a building. I don't need to be on a mountain. I can talk to God in my car. I can talk to God in my house. I can talk to God on the job. I can talk to God anywhere that I am. When I face a problem, I don't need Pastor Nick on speed dial. When I have healing that's needed in my body, I don't need Betty Hinn on my speed dial. Can I get an amen? When I need a solution to the future, you don't need Madam Maria on your speed dial, but you don't even need some prophet, amen? you got the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will teach you and lead you and guide you and show you things to come and reveal things to you about your future. He will heal you. He will quicken your physical body right where you are in your room if you'll worship Him in spirit and truth. If you will pull a Hebrews 11 verse 6 out of your pocket and say this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and that He's a rewarder of anyone who will diligently seek Him. If you'll seek God in your car and seek God in your house, and you'll cry out to Him and have that internal dialogue with God everywhere you go, there'll come a moment of breakthrough, and the thing you're believing God for will break forth in your life. Can I get an amen? You don't need a man to lay hands on you. All you need to do is cry out to Jesus, who is the Savior of your soul. He's your Savior. He's your provider. He's your deliverer. He's your healer. Whatever you need, He's the great I Am. And maybe you've never seen Jesus show up in that way. It's because you've never cried out to Him in that way before. He'll be whatever you need Him to be. He's the great I Am. Can I get an amen? Amen. And we're building our lives on Him. We're building our lives on His teaching. We're building our lives on the fact that God is a spirit. Can I get an amen? That God is not confined to a box or to a person. God is everywhere that I am and I can connect with God. Can I get an amen? Doesn't mean that you get to skip church though. Oh, God is everywhere. I don't need to go to church. Pastor, you were right. Thank you. I won't be here for the next five weeks. Listen, you need to hang around believers to keep you on the straight and narrow. You skip church for more than two or three weeks. You find your life going a different direction. Can I get an amen? There's no other place that you can go to that's going to keep you on track with God. Can I get an amen? You need this. Rewind. You need this. Amen. Say, God is spirit. Number two, God is not flesh. He's not human. Amen? Say, God is not flesh. He's not like us. He doesn't have bones. He doesn't have... He's a spirit being. You know why God didn't show Moses an image of himself? He appeared to him in a burning bush. God never gave Moses an image. Because if God gave Moses an image, Moses would have come down the mountain and built an image of who he saw God, who God was. And then we'd be worshiping the image instead of worshiping God. Because God wants you to have a relationship with Him. Amen. God is invisible. Everybody say God is invisible. God cannot be seen with the natural eyes. You're not going to find God with your natural eyes, with your retina. Amen. Amen. You can read the word of God, but you're going to encounter God spirit to spirit with your spiritual eyes, with the eyes of your heart. And then God is eternal. Everybody say, God is eternal. God will never die. He will never die. You are spirit made in the image of God. That means you will never die. Look at somebody and tell them, You're spirit made in the image of God, and you will never die. You will live forever. But you're either going to live with God or you're going to live separated from God. Death to God is not death to the flesh where your body dies. When God talks about death, He's talking about you living a life separated from Him. Because when you're disconnected from the source of life, you're dead. And the Bible says in in Ephesians chapter 2, go to Ephesians chapter 2. I encourage you to bring your Bibles to church and don't rely on the screen. Because you need to mark it up. You know what I'm saying? You need to have your uh, journal with you so that you can take notes and write down the things that the Lord drops into your heart. Can I get an amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. So right there, it's clear that your sins and your disobedience, you're dead in your sin. Look at somebody and say, when I'm separated from God... When I'm rebelling against God, I'm dead in my sins. It says this. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. Obeying who? The devil. The commanders of the power in the unseen world. He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. If you want to know, people say, you know, you hear preachers preach. You hear people... You know, they say that if you're not serving God, you're serving the devil. And it's true. If you're not going to be obedient to what God has called you to do, there's another spirit that's leading and guiding your life. It's called the spirit of rebellion, and it comes with deception. Can I get an amen? That's why it's important to build your life on the truth of the word of God. Otherwise, you will be deceived. Look, in the last days, many elect are going to fall away. The enemy wants to deceive you. Look at the person next to you and say, the enemy goes about like a roaring lion, seeking those who he may devour. What is the enemy's tactic? To distract you, to deceive you, to lie to you, the father of lies. He doesn't want you to believe this Bible. He doesn't want you to build your life on this Bible. He doesn't want you to base your life on the truth, what Jesus is teaching. Because if you build your life on this, the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. That means that Gates, you only need gates if you're protecting something. The church is supposed to be advancing, not in a holy huddle in the church doing nothing. Can I get an amen? And when you get the Spirit of God on the inside of you, you receive power to take the gates of hell down, to take territory, to set the captive free. God wants to use you to do more than you're doing right now. Can I get an amen? But you have to give your life to Him in service. Hallelujah. That was good. Do you know where I am? One of those moments. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 John 5.11 says, And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life. And this life is where? In His Son, if you want eternal life, if you want the life that God has for you, if you want to live this life where you walk with God in the garden and He leads you and He guides you and He teaches you and He shows you the things that He has for your life, this life is only found in one place, and that's in Jesus Christ. In John 17, 3, God explains it. He says, and this is eternal life. Look at somebody and say, this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I want everybody to close your eyes. Father, today I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. What you're doing in my family. What you've done in my life. What you're doing in the lives of every single person sitting in this place, Lord God. Father, I thank you that there is a solid foundation that we can build our lives on. There is eternal life that we can tap into. There's a bubbling spring that comes from the Holy Ghost. A spring that breaks forth on the inside of us that brings life eternal as rivers of living water flowing through us, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you that when you drink of this water and you taste of this water and you're living with this water in you, there's never thirsting again. And Father, I thank you today. I thank you for your grace to save and I thank you that there is eternal life available in Christ Jesus. My eyes, so much more. I saw the The moment you came down and hit the floor. My failure,